We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is, and a good morning to you. Thank you so much for joining us as we get underway at 8 minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock on a free-for-all Friday, the 15th morning of the 11th month of the year of our Lord, 2019. What does free-for-all mean? You've been listening to the show for going on five years. Now next month will be five years that we've been doing the authority on AM 1420, The Answer. Uh, it is uh, it is open lines. It is anything that you want to talk about, impeachment-related or otherwise. Obviously, we've been focusing a lot, like the rest of the country, that's in the news business or in the news media business or in the news commentating business, which is my business. Uh, we've been talking about this uh, almost nonstop, uh, but you can do whatever you want today. As a matter of fact, I'm not going to start with the impeachment discussion on Free For All Friday. You can pick it. You can do that if you want. You want to go back and talk about today uh, with uh, the new testimony coming up. If you want to go back to Wednesday's hearings, you with the president's response last night at the Louisiana rally, the Keep America Great rally, anything you want to do is fair game. No topics will be censored. 216-901-0945. Dial when you're ready. 888-281-1110. Either one of those numbers gets you here. On a free-for-all, uh, you can do it on uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Parler as well. Find me at those places at uh, France Radio, F-R-A-N-T-Z, France Radio. All one word, France Radio. No word, or excuse me, no spaces, no underscores, or anything of that nature. All one word. All right, I'm about to drop an unpopular opinion on you. Unpop- yes. Unpopular opinion alert coming up. Sorry. There's the warning sign. Don't say that you weren't warned. You have indeed been warned. Warned. Um, last night watching television, um, I saw something that was more disturbing than the impeachment hearings of the President of the United States. 
what I saw last night was uh, was a crime committed on national television. Uh, we saw a crime that, if it had happened in a bar instead of on a football field, would have resulted in handcuffs and arrest and assault with a deadly weapon charge. The deadly weapon in this case being a rock-hard football helmet. Uh, why would this be an unpopular opinion? Because it was committed, the crime was committed by one of our own. It was committed by a Cleveland Brown named Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett is easily one of the top two or three defensive ends in football. Miles Garrett is an absolutely destructive force for the Browns defense. He is, or at least he would have been, one of the primary reasons why the Browns came back from their 2-6 and six record to storm through the second half of their schedule and possibly make the playoffs. Miles Garrett is that good, and he means that much to the Browns. And by almost all accounts, prior to last night, Miles Garrett has had a reputation as being a very good guy, a very good person, not just a great player. But last night, what Miles Garrett did crossed the boundaries of rough play, intimidating play, cheap shots even. Last night, Miles Garrett assaulted somebody with a deadly weapon. And if you did not watch uh, the uh, Thursday night football game between the Browns and the Steelers, you notice how I'm not leading with the score because this isn't a sports story. All right? This isn't a sports report. Um, For those who know me, I've been doing radio for 22 years, and I got my start in sports radio before branching off into news and political uh, radio. Uh, I still do some sports radio. This is not a sports radio show, because this is not a sports story. What I want to ask you, if you watched what happened last night, is whether or not this should move from the NFL is going to punish the player for his transgression into the prosecutors should be trying to punish the player for his transgressions here. At what point... Do NFL rules end and laws begin? Because that's how bad this was. Let me give you a little bit of a descriptor if I can. This is the best way I can do this. Uh, one of the very last plays in the game, under 10 seconds to go. Steelers quarterback Mason Rudolph, uh, you know how it is. They're down 21 to 7. The Browns won the game. Uh, the game's essentially over. Instead of running the ball, which they probably should have done just to end the clock, run the clock out, they throw a pass. And after Rudolph throws the pass, it's clearly away. Miles Garrett, who is trying to bring him down, does not ease up. The ball's gone. He should just let go at that time. But, you know, he continues to try to drive or drag the quarterback to the ground. Now, you can say, well, that should be a penalty in and of itself, not on a game ending play. I mean, it's just, it's, but, but you can understand why Rudolph, the quarterback, was upset. The ball is gone. Why are you still tackling me? Let me go. Let me go. And when they're on the ground, uh, Rudolph uh, tries to push Garrett off of him and indeed grabs Garrett's helmet. All right? Garrett, in the, in the uh, middle of the melee, grabs uh, Mason Rudolph's helmet and successfully yanks it off of his head. As the two of them get up and Ru- Rudolph is continuing to scream at Garrett and chasing him while being pushed away uh, for the what he perceived to be a very late hit, Garrett wound up as if he was swinging a 12-pound sledge and sledgehammered the Steelers quarterback over the top of the head with his own helmet. The helmetless quarterback got hit in the top of the head in a situation that, quite honestly, thank the Lord for small mercies. 
could have been far, far worse than what it was. We could have seen had the crown of the helmet, that means the top hard outer shell of the helmet, come crashing down onto the top of a a helmetless head in such a way. We could have seen a skull split open on live television. We could have seen, Lord only knows how bad it could have gotten, to be quite honest with you. Um, Fortunately, the part of the helmet that hits Rudolph is the bottom portion, the part where the head goes into, and it's got actually a slight little pad there on the back of the the plastic of the helmet doesn't drive the neck of a player. And that's primarily what hit Rudolph, but it was a full sledgehammer-type swing from Miles Garrett. And now the question is, is what happens to Miles Garrett? You can talk about it from a football standpoint, if you wish, uh, how much his absence when he is eventually suspended probably by the end of the day for a long time i mean right now they're talking about whether or not this should be the longest suspension in the history of the sport that that's where we are this morning so why did i play the unpopular opinion alert because i'm about to say this if he gets the longest suspension in nfl history for an on-field act he will have deserved it this cannot be defended i don't care what city you're from I don't care what team's colors you have in your closet. And for most of us, that's brown and orange. This can't be defended. It can't be minimized. It cannot be explained away. Never before has a player, at least according to current and former players commenting on this last night and this morning, never before has a player... Um, wound up and swung a, a helmet at a helmetless head in the way that Miles Garrett did last night. It's um it's it's beyond inexcusable. Let me give you a little bit of a sampling of what they're saying around the league. And you saw a lot and accomplished a lot. You ever seen anything like this? Never seen I've never seen anything like How that. How do you react to it? The brotherhood <clears throat> that is. How do you react to seeing a guy do that? I would have lost my mind. Basically, how the Pittsburgh Steelers offensive lineman did it. That's Pouncy. Pouncy and, yeah. and, and crude. That's exactly what I would have done because what Miles Garrett did was inexcusable. The fact that you rip a guy's helmet off and then you hit him upside the head with the helmet. Scott, I've, I've seen a lot of things in the National Football League during my 12 year career, but I've never seen something like that. I think every, anytime a helmet comes off, and, and as a skirmish, everyone freaks out. But isn't there something of a code in you when a guy loses his hat that you say, you're not going to hit him with your fist, let alone a helmet? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, usually, when the helmet, usually when the helmet comes off, everybody's like, whoa, right. okay, we need to chill. But, I mean, he just literally took his helmet and hit him upside the head. To me, that's like assault. Right. right. That's, that's the first thing I, I, you know, I said to myself was, that's assault on the football field. In other words, that's not just a football penalty. That's not something that should just be dealt with by referees and league officials. That is something that maybe should be dealt with by prosecutors, by the criminal justice system. Because it is assault. It was an assault. As as hard as it is to say. By the way, that was Damian Woody, uh, super, former Super Bowl champion with the uh, New England Patriots, uh, commenting on ESPN last night about this. You might say, well, who cares what Damian Woody says? What about the Browns? Well, here's Browns quarterback Baker Mayfield asked after the game about Miles Garrett's sledgehammer swing of a hard helmet at the empty head. Not empty head, but of the helmetless head of the uh, Steelers quarterback on live television. Baker, and I'm... 
ask you about it. I, what was your reaction as you were watching it unfold? Um, I didn't see why it started, um, but it's inexcusable. Uh, it, you know, I don't care rivalry or not. We can't do that. That's that's kind of the history of you know what's been going on here lately, hurting yourself, and that's just endangering the other team. That's inexcusable. He knows that. Um, I hope he does now. It's just it's tough. Um, we'll see. Mason Rudolph, a friend of yours, Miles Garrett, a teammate of yours. What were you saying to your teammates over there to kind of calm everybody down? Uh, I don't think there's anything in that moment that I can really say to calm him down. Uh, you know what? The, the reality is he, he's going to get suspended. Uh, we don't know how long, and that hurts our team. And we can't do that. We can't continue to hurt this team. Uh, that's it's inexcusable. Moving forward, you... Baker Mayfield went on to say that it's uh, incredibly sad what happened on that field last night uh, and that it is inexcusable that... Uh, that Miles Garrett would do this, but he went on to say that uh, it, it's also sad because we can't even celebrate this win. It feels like we just lost the game because we are also upset and so down uh, based on what happened and what uh, choices that Miles Garrett made there. So that's a that's a pretty interesting part of this. Now I want to get a little little bit more for you. In fact, here's Browns head coach Freddie Kitchens again talking about the on-air assault with five seconds left in the Browns' win over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Last night. Again, if you're just turning on the radio, no, this is not a sports radio show, okay? Understand that. I am talking about a very, very different thing than the outcome of a game. I'm talking about a, an on air assault. Several years ago, a hockey player named Donald Brashear was charged in a criminal court for assault committed in, an, uh, in a hockey game. He's a hockey player. And he used a weapon, that being his stick to crack over the head of another player. That wasn't just handled by hockey officials and by NHL uh, league administrators. That was handled by the criminal justice system. He was charged with assault and eventually pled to that assault. Are we about to see that happen to one of our own Cleveland Browns? Here's Freddie Kitchens, the coach of the Browns. I'm embarrassed. Miles is embarrassed. Um, It's not good. So he understands what he what he did he understands it's totally unacceptable um and we got to get through it we've got five seconds to go in a game that can't happen we've got five seconds to go in a game the biggest game that this team's won and i'll never beat baltimore and pittsburgh in the same year since they've been in 1999 and then we've got to talk about this so there's 52 other guys in that team on the team that that hurt, and it's going to hurt moving forward. So we don't condone that, and it's not going to. I, Miles understands what he did wrong. All right, he's got to maintain his composure. He did not, and instead he uh, swung that helmet again, not in a very dissimilar fashion to the way Donald Brashear once swung a hockey stick. Are you? Are we able in a time like this to put aside? our loyalty to put aside our brown and orange gear that we're wearing and just say, you know what, from a standpoint of what we, let's phrase it, frame it this way. If this had been Baker Mayfield being clubbed over the head by a Steelers defensive lineman who ripped his helmet off and then did such a thing, would our opinion be a little bit different on this? This is beyond sports, beyond football. That was an assault on TV last night. 
and I'm curious to see what you think about it. Two one six nine zero one zero nine four. I mean, this was that was worse than the watching the impeachment hearings. The impeachment hearings are boring. Uh, they're bad. They're terrible, but they're also boring. This was terrifying. That's what this was. Two one six nine zero one zero nine four five triple eight two eight one eleven ten. Back in right after this. Nine twenty six now. The Bob France Authority continuing on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Breaking news here. Before I go to your phone calls, <clears throat> literally just moments ago, this crossed uh, the screen. President Trump agrees to meet Ukraine's Zelensky without preconditions. White House transcript shows this is the release of the <coughs> original. Excuse me, the first phone call that President Trump has been promising to release um, with the uh, Ukrainian president, um, indicating that there there would be, of course. No preconditions whatsoever. President Trump in April agreed to meet with Ukraine's president-elect without preconditions in the first official phone call, reports Fox News between the two leaders, according to a White House transcript released this morning. The April 21st call aboard Air Force One predated a controversial conversation in July between Trump and Zelensky. The Democrats alleged showed evidence of a quid pro quo, namely an investigation of a Trump political opponent in exchange for a public meeting between the presidents. But in the phone call released Friday, much of which is formal, congratulations and small talk, Trump tells Zelensky, we will see you very soon, regardless. All right. Not sure how much that's going to move the needle. Not sure how much anybody's going to care, because they'll say it doesn't matter. He said no preconditions in April, but then in July, the Democrats will say he set preconditions. Now, the Democrats are wrong. Because the transcript of that call has been released as well, and the president did no such thing. There was no uh, bribery. There was no extortion. There was no blackmail. There was, were no preconditions. There was no quid pro quo. It was simply two different conversations, two different things. Yes, we know you need aid, and yes, we need you, by the way, to make sure that your government is no longer corrupt. Now that you are taking over, we want to make sure that everything is on the up and up. Did you guys, your country, not you particularly, President Zelensky, but your former government, participate in the meddling in the 2016 elections? And how do we know you're still on the up and up? Look at companies like Burisma that is employing uh, uh, Hunter Biden. How do we know that this is uh, uh, this is uh, worth our investment of our four to $500 million in uh, military aid? All right, uh, to the phones. On the Browns game last night, again, if you just turn on the radio, we're talking about the end of the game in which essentially what I saw, uh, and, and you have to put your loyalties aside here, I saw an assault take place on live television, the kind of thing that if it took place at an Antifa rally, we would be screaming, we want that guy locked up. Can we say that in a football game, though? Meredith in Cleveland, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Meredith, go ahead. Hey, Bob, thanks for taking my call. You know, I mostly agree with you, but Rudolph did provoke Miles Garrett. If you watch the clip, he's trying to pull off Miles' helmet. And just Miles, and, but Miles actually got Rudolph's helmet off. That's Yeah, really and, and Meredith, I mean, it matters not. It matters yeah. not. There, there is absolutely no provocation that can lead to somebody swinging a deadly weapon at somebody's oh. unprotected head. That's the part that, that matters here. 
Players, that players is- during skirmishes, Meredith. Players during skirmishes. I've been watching football for forty-five years. Pl- players uh, in skirmishes in the na- in, in football games oftentimes will grab each other by the face mask and you know pull each other and things like that. But once a helmet is actually pulled off, that's where it ends. Nobody is is punching an unprotected head, let alone hitting it with a helmet. Uh, and that's that's the difference here. No matter what Mason Rudolph did, uh, uh, in turn, unless he had done the same thing, which of course he didn't, um, it's it's absolutely inexcusable for Rudolph to use that, or excuse me, Miles Garrett to use the weapon the way that he did. I've got people, and I know, like I said, that's why um, when I started this uh, this commentary, I played the, uh, the the sounder, the unpopular opinion sounder, because we're in Cleveland and we're Browns fans, and I know we have to we have to recognize that. Yes, we're going to look for unpopular opinion alert coming at you again. We are going to look for reasons to blame the Steelers and defend Miles Garrett in this because we're Browns fans. But I, we are also better than that. We are also better than that. There is no provocation that can justify that. None at all. That's that's just the fact of the matter. Even if he tried to take Miles Garrett, Garrett's helmet off because he was ticked off that Garrett tackled him so late, uh, that's a skirmish that happens a lot in this league. What has never happened in the history of the league, according to NFL historians, is what Miles Garrett did after. And there's just no getting around that. We'll talk more about it after this uh, short time out for news on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, 935 now, the Bob France Authority continuing on AM 1420, The Answer, as it is a free-for-all Friday, and I'm so glad that it is so that we can talk about just about, we said anything, right? Uh, last night, the Browns and the Steelers played uh, what was a pretty important game for the Browns. And how about the Browns stepping up and performing, which should be the story on sports talk shows this morning, that the Browns' 21-7 to win uh, kept their slim but existent playoff hopes alive, and moreover, beating the Steelers for the first time in what seems to be a decade. Um, huge win for the team, but it was overshadowed by what we are talking about, and that is the end of the game. Five seconds to go, Miles Garrett, the Browns' superstar defensive end. And again, by almost all accounts, <clears throat> a very good guy, a very good guy who doesn't have this kind of mean streak, this kind of whatever you want to call it in him, but he did last night. He had it in him last night after tackling uh, the Steelers quarterback late after the ball had already been released. The quarterback underneath him got was furious and was trying to push him off of him, and while trying to get, away, uh, to, uh, get him off of him, tried to pull Garrett's helmet off. Uh, was unsuccessful, but Garrett was successful as they got to the feet and pulling Rudolph's helmet off, and then the unthinkable happened. Rather than just screaming at him and yelling at him, which is typically what happens when helmets are removed in uh, incidents in the NFL, Garrett took the helmet and swung it over his head like he was swinging a sledgehammer or trying to chop wood and bashed the quarterback over the head with it. Um, to say that this is getting... Unbelievable, not unbelievable, I think they're very believable, but uh, really incredulous reactions from around the league is an understatement. Lewis Riddick is a former Cleveland Brown, and he's a commentator on ESPN. And he did not have, whoops, is that is that alert still going off, really? Um, <laughs> sorry about that. Um, but uh, Lewis Riddick did not exactly have the back of his former Brown and Orange uh, uh, alum, if you will, or he's an alum, I should say, with the current uh uh, the the current player. This is what Lewis Riddick had to say uh, on ESPN about this this morning. 
Come on, Lou, where'd you go? Here we go. You saw that last night, Louis Riddick. What was the first thought that went through your mind? Well, there was a bunch of four-letter words that were coming out of my mouth watching this going, you got to be kidding me what I just saw. Look, I, I played in an era, I'm a little bit older than the guys here, I played in an era with some of the most vicious players in the NFL, okay? I grew up idolizing Jack Tatum. I remember when Jack Tatum you know, paralyzed Daryl Stingley. I, know, I remember what that hit looks like. I idolized Ronnie Lott. So the viciousness of the game, what happens within the white lines, in the context of the game, I'm all for. I make no apologies for the way the game used to be played. I understand why it's played the way it's played now in the interest of safety. So I get all that. Do not tell me that this you can just wrap into the context of, well, it's just part of the game. Players fight all the time because that's BS and you know. And if you're a former player and you try to say that, you, you know you're lying. This is not in the normal context of the game. What Miles did last night, and look, I, I understand him and Mason were going at it down there on the bottom of that pile at first, and Mason was pulling at his helmet. We've all seen those kind of fights happen. When a helmet comes off, now all of a sudden understand, you're part of a big fraternity. You're not trying to assault somebody with a helmet. Look at how he swings the helmet. If the crown of that helmet had come down on the top of Mason Rudolph's head, I promise you, we'd be having a different discussion. Because we'd be watching maybe on national TV someone's head split wide open and then bleeding and maybe unconscious. And who knows, maybe something even more unthinkable. So then what would you say? Well, it's just part of the normal course of the game and people get angry. Don't be stupid about this. That's uh, part of what Lewis Riddick had to say about this. In a game between the Boston Bruins and the Vancouver Canucks on February 21st of 2000, I cannot believe this has been 19 years now. I mentioned the name Donald Brashear uh, before, and I mistakenly said Donald Brashear was uh, charged with assault for hitting somebody with a stick. He was the victim. Donald Brashear was the victim. It was Marty McSorley <clears throat> who used his hockey stick as a weapon and hit Donald Brashear over the head with it, with 4.6 seconds left in the game. Brashear fell backwards from the hit, hit his head hard on the ice, lost consciousness, suffered a concussion, and McSorley wasn't just charged and suspended by the NHL. He was charged in criminal court uh, in Canada for assault. And he was he never played another game. He was suspended for the remainder of that season and uh, never played again. The judge in British Columbia found him guilty of assault with a weapon. He was sentenced to 18 months probation. And that was the first trial for an on-ice attack by an NHL player since Dino uh, uh, Siccarelli, if I'm saying his name right, uh, had a similar thing happen in 1988. My question is, is a helmet any different than a hockey stick? My second question is, if somebody bashes somebody over the head with a helmet in the parking lot right outside the stadium, what's going to happen? The law is going to happen. But if it happens on the green grass inside, is the law not supposed to happen here? I'm having a hard time with this. I'm having a very hard time with this. I was, I mean, that was, that was brutal. And what Riddick said is true. If the crown had hit the top of the head instead of the bottom of the helmet as he swung that as hard as he could, guess what? We have probably, Lord only knows what the outcome would be. I, I don't want to speculate and say he would have been killed, but honestly, it was, it was that brutal. Uh, your thoughts, Marty, in Cleveland on AM 1420, The Answer. Marty, go right ahead. Yes, good morning. Good morning, uh, Marty. Oh, father of the eloquent one uh, from Hillsdale. Oh, my daughter, yes, yes, she is the yes. eloquent one. <laughs> Far more than I. I didn't know what you were talking about. Yeah, yes. 
You you are the father of the eloquent one. Thank you. Hey, I, I remember, I'll accept that title. Well, feel free. Uh, I remember way back when, same two teams, a guy named Joe Jones left Terry Bradshaw's hair in the middle of that grass. And there was a guy played linebacker for the Steelers that came out after the fact and made a comment. He says, what do we have to do? Put tutus on the quarterbacks now? And I remember Jack that. Lambert. Yeah, I, yeah, he was. Yeah, I think he said skirts. But I remember that too. But here's the thing: what Turkey Jones did to Terry Bradshaw was a football play. That was a football. Now, was it unnecessary roughness as he sacked Terry Bradshaw by picking him upside down and slamming him on his head? Yeah, worthy of a football penalty, fifteen yards, maybe. Yeah, worthy, maybe even of a fine, eee, possibly. But that is entirely different than what happened last night, Marty. Oh, this was a totally different. This this wasn't a, a football totally play. Different. The play was over. A fight was happening, and you know, again, when fists are thrown, it's bad enough. When a when a you know when a helmet is used as a weapon in a case like this to bash somebody over the head, again, in the history of the league, what is the league? A hundred years old? It has never yes, happened before. Yeah, it has never happened before. This is a very very unique situation, and one that unfortunately the Browns find themselves in the middle of. Another Cleveland Browns conundrum. Well, and you know what? I'm glad you said that, Marty, because I will say this. You know, all, all of the blame shouldn't be on Miles Garrett because Freddie Kitchens, the Cleveland Browns coach, again, I don't want to get into the X's and O's of football. This is not a sports talk show. But, but the Browns are a very undisciplined team. For the first half of the season, they led the NFL in penalties. Uh, and I'm talking about all kinds of penalties, from a false starts and offsides to personal fouls. Uh, they're a very undisciplined team. There is nobody there, apparently, that can kind of keep the uh, keep their calm, I suppose, maybe is the best way to say that. That's one of the reasons I think Miles Garrett you know, went off the hook. Because, again, Miles Garrett is generally regarded as a super nice guy. A guy that would, you know, would, would do anything to help a fan, help somebody else, and not, you know, this kind of a monster. But yet, in, in this particular iteration of the Browns with Freddie Kitchens, and not exerb, exhibiting any discipline, perhaps, I don't know, something led to it. Brian in Cleveland, you're on uh, AM 1420, The Answer. Go ahead. Hey, Bob, good morning. Hey, hey I just want to say that uh, they ought to just lead by example, plain and simple. Just, just get rid of them, because... You can't have that. This is a football. You know, they're trying to clean up the league, trying to make them, you know, I don't want to use the term play nicer, but it's not an MMA fight either. They had lead by example. Well, even in the MMA, they have rules. They wouldn't allow you to bring a hard object into the ring and smack somebody in the head with it. Um, but but I right. don't want to go too far, Brian. I, I, you know, I don't think this should cost him his career. I don't well, think they should release well, they, him. Well, they released the other guy over a stupid tweet. Wh- which other guy? Didn't they just release somebody for uh, for a tweet last week? Oh, 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 oh. You're t- well, yeah, yeah, a series of tweets, yeah, a series of racist yeah. tweets, yeah. The um, well, uh, white how, how is that any yeah. different than getting smacked over the dome with a helmet? Um, it, two things. Uh, I would say number one, the other guy was kind of a. Um, uh, uh, 
a bubble player, I guess. You know, he played a well, little bit, but, but not a lot. And so pick, he's. But we can't pick and choose who, who the rules apply to. Well, no, but no, but you, what you can in this regard, Brian, and this is what I, what I would say. This is why the Browns absolutely, absolutely should not release him. What happened with Miles Garrett last night, as unforgivable as it is, and I really truly think that the law should be involved here. Um, uh, it happened in the heat of that moment, in the heat of that fight, in the heat of that skirmish battle, whatever you want to call it. What uh, I think it's uh, Jermaine Whitehead did um, was happen happened after a game when he had time to stop and calm down and 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 process his emotions and he went onto Twitter and read people criticizing him because he missed a couple of tackles and then he took off and threatened to kill them, including a radio show host here in town. Threatened to kill them, literally, and then started calling people crackers, you know, turning it into a racial thing. This was all with the calm of not being in the heat of battle um, going on. You know, this guy was, the game was over. Like I said, he's in his own private place and he's on his phone threatening to kill people. That's a little bit different than somebody in the heat of the moment doing something stupid. Now, what Miles Garrett did was dangerous, reckless, potentially deadly. And stupid, and there should be serious consequences for that, but I do not believe it should cost him his career. I don't. I don't. And I don't think the Browns should cut him. But I think suspe- a massive suspension is coming, and I think it'll be justified. And again, if it if, if this was to happen outside the stadium in the parking lot, whoever swung that helmet would be in a cell wearing cuffs right now. And I don't know. I, I just told you what happened with Marty McSorley. I don't know if that's something that, you know, is, is in play, but I'm thinking to myself, as I raise my kids and as you raise your kids and as my kids will raise theirs and so on to be football fans and maybe even want to play this great sport, it's my favorite sport of all time, football, that is the example that absolutely uh, has to be made an example of. That's um, It's just, again, it's never happened before. We're in uncharted territory here. Never before has a play. Helmets have come off before. Players have grabbed one another's helmets and ripped them off. And then they jaw and scream at one another. If anything, if they still want to go, they throw the helmets down and they go before they're separated. You know, they go, they get at each other. Never before has a player ripped the helmet off and then bashed the player that he took the helmet from in, in his unprotected head. It's just never happened before. And it's, uh, it's something that should never happen again. It's, it's pretty insane. Uh, TJ is in Cleveland. You're on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, TJ. Go ahead. Hi, Bob. Well, you know, Bob, it did happen before. When Lyle Alzado played for the Browns, he ripped the helmet off an offensive lineman and beat the hell out of him. So it did happen before. Not with his helmet, he didn't. Yes, he did. He pulled the helmet off the offensive lineman and 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 continue to beat him with his own uh with his own helmet. And and you can look that up. That's happened with Lyle Alzado. Yeah, I definitely will because I'm kind of I'm kind of relying on my own memory, but also a lot of people like the count, uh, commentators I've been playing today have said this has never happened before. So I will definitely have to look that up. Yeah. I mean, I watched it. I've seen it, you know, in real time. But uh you know, I'm not sticking up for Miles Garrett. You know, I mean, I wish he hadn't done it. I mean, you know, it's going to hurt the team. But you know, what about Pouncey? Should he be charged with criminal charges? If you're laying in a parking lot and some guy's trying to kick your brains out, guess what? He's going to jail too, right? No, 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 I don't think so. No, I think he's going to get suspended. I think he's going to get suspended, TJ. I think he's going to get suspended. Is that an assault? No, TJ, can I talk? TJ, can I talk? I'm trying to answer your question for you. 
Um, no, uh, he will be suspended because if you fight back, uh, you know, it, it happens all the time, as a matter of fact, Moreover, or more often rather than, than an original hit being punished, the guy who retaliates gets punished. Uh, you've seen that time and time again. Refs weren't looking when somebody gets punched. The guy turns around and punches him back. The ref saw that one and bang, that's who gets tagged. Um, so, so Pouncey would, would, if this were out in the parking lot and Pouncey had just seen a guy get bashed in the head with a helmet and then went after the guy who did the bashing, that would be, that would be self-defense or defense of another. And that's exactly what, uh, that's why he'll get a game or two games and Garrett will probably get the rest of the year and it'll be deserved. Yeah, but Bob, the guy's laying on the ground and he's trying to kick his brains out. That's not a self-defense. I mean, uh, I'm well, just saying, you can't have it both ways with this. No, TJ, TJ, you're letting your fandom get in the way of your judgment. And, and I get it, because I can't stand what this is going to do to the Browns either. They need him. They need Miles Garrett. Thanks, TJ. They need Miles Garrett to make this push for the playoffs if they're going to dominate the rest of the I hate that this ha- is going to happen the way that it is. But, I'm, but I've got to set that aside. What what Pouncey did and is what I would expect any player to do on the Browns if that was reversed. If T.J. Watt had tried to brain Baker Mayfield, and uh, you know if Joel Betonio saw that and then jumped on uh, on T.J. Watt in defense of his player and started pounding on him to stop him from from trying to hurt his player anymore, I would be defending Joel Betonio because he did what he should do, protected his quarterback. Uh, That's the way that it should be. And in this case, that would be Pouncey. Now, again, retaliation and defense still get you a punishment, and it will. It'll get him a suspension, and it should. That's you got to keep control of these things. But it's nowhere near the uh, the helmet uh, blasting of a of an of an unprotected head that we saw on the other side. 951, right back after this. All right, 956. Real quick before I go to the next call, TJ mentioned Lyle Alzado. Um, Alzado was known for yanking guys' helmets off in fights. Um, Has never, according to what I'm reading, uh, been videoed or anywhere else hitting somebody with the helmet. However, quote, he once tore the helmet off of Jets offensive lineman Chris Ward's head and turned and threw it 10 yards down the field. I remember that one. I remember that one. Uh, he did that. But uh, but according to what I'm reading, uh, has never been accused of uh, actually smacking somebody with a helmet, which is why all of these NFL historians are saying this is an unprecedented situation with Miles Garrett. Uh, all right, let's go to who's been waiting the longest. John has. John is in Chardon on AM 1420. Hey, Hi, hey Bob. I'd like to call attention to another incident on the field last night, our defense, which involves our defensive back. His name's Randall. Uh, quarterback Randall, yeah. Yeah, okay. So the Steelers quarterback threw a pass, and the receiver and defender were heading down the field. Randall comes out of nowhere and does a helmet-to-helmet hit on the Steeler receiver, yeah. who, was, who was defenseless. And if yeah. you saw them take this guy off the field in the gurney you could see he was he was hurt hurt bad yeah, he was bleeding out his ear i saw that yeah he was bleeding and randall was thrown out of the game but i hope Correct. that's just starters uh, for uh, him he'll probably I, get a was... suspension he'll probably get a suspension too but I, but but i'm going to say same thing i said before about the other stuff you know back in the day that was at least a football play 
that should be handled by football officials. Um, he, he came over to make a big hit, which you're not allowed to do to a quote-unquote defenseless receiver anymore. You're never allowed to do it helmet to helmet, and he did both of those things. So he was suspended, or excuse me, ejected, and probably will be suspended. And that's how you handle those kind of things. It's terrible, it's awful, you don't want to see it. But that's the way you handle it, is just within the confines of the NFL rules. Garrett was different. Garrett's was different. That's not a football play. That's a, I'm ticked at you. You're ticked at me. I tackled you late. You're mad. You're trying to hit me. You're trying to rip my helmet off. I ripped your helmet off. Now I'm going to beat you with it, which is just, like I said, it's unprecedented. It, it's embarrassing. It's, uh, it's, it's everything that Baker Mayfield said it was, everything that Lewis Riddick says it was, everything that Freddie Kitchens says that it was. It just cannot happen. Um, let's, uh, oh, I'm going to hold off on Lisa because I, I can't get her, uh, uh, McFan in at this moment. Let's go to Michael in Brunswick. Michael, you've uh, got about a minute here. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, I just want to add something to this. Um, Miles Garrett wasn't, this wasn't the only time that Miles Garrett did something this season. Um, this has been building and, um, this should have been stopped a long time ago by the Browns organization. They should have sat him down and said, Lisa Bell you got to shape up or else we are benching you, period. I mean, they got to start playing as professionals because this is freaking ridiculous. I'm going to, Michael, I, I respect your opinion, brother, and I'm glad you called. Um, but I'm going to say this. I'm going to defend Miles Garrett here for, for those things because, again, those were football plays. Um, in the first half of the season, I want to say like the first six games, he had like five or six late hits on quarterback calls against him. But I thought many of those were very, very debatable. <clears throat> the NFL has gone overboard in trying to protect quarterbacks now, um, and, and so a lot of guys who are making hits on quarterbacks after the ball is released, just a second after, you know, they're saying, oh, you shouldn't have driven him, driven him all the way into the ground, you know, with your weight on him. So, boom, that's a flag on Garrett. Or it was a, a half a second later than what would have been legal, so he was just missing by a half second. I think a lot of those are just football players and uh, plays, and aggressiveness happens. And aggressiveness, you're coming after the quarterback, you can't stop yourself, you want to make a big hit, you know, you want to intimidate the quarterback and all these things. Those things happen in football. And I'm not going to say that Miles Garrett should have been sat down for leading the league in late hits on quarterbacks, because again, some of those were really borderline. I'll defend Miles Garrett. I, that's what I'm doing right now. But I cannot defend a non football play. What happened last night was an assault. Larry Elder is the sage of South Central. He will join us to talk impeachment, the other big story going on right now after the news.